Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Ash Ali and Hassan Kuba. We're going to have two guests today. They're award-winning authors and entrepreneurs. And despite not going to university, Ash became a serial tech founder and the first marketing director of the unicorn startup Just Eat. Hassan built a successful startup from his bedroom with nothing more than an online course and a yearning to escape the rat race. They're now international best-selling authors, coaches, and keynote speakers, and we're going to talk about their latest book, The Unfair Advantage, how you already have what it takes to succeed. So, Ash and Hassan, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hi. Awesome. So, the book starts out with this premise, and we could probably do the whole show without me asking another question, but here it is. Life is fundamentally unfair. Who wants to take that dollop of hope? I'll take it. I'll take it. Go on. <laughs> so Go life on. is unfair. Yeah, that is the under, underlying principle behind our book is that life is not fair. And sometimes when you get into self-development, like I did, and still I still enjoy a bit of self-development, you know, you learn that you know, what you got in life is what you deserved. You know, you built the life that you're living now. You designed it. Your decisions led to the moment you're in now. And all these kinds of quotes and beliefs and mental models to make you take responsibility for your life, which is a very useful tool, but it's limited because it's not actually that accurate. So one of the ways to look at when we talk about this in the book is it's, it's all about mental models. So there's one extreme, which is to think that all success is based on hard work and, you know, merit. And the other extreme is to think it's all luck and unearned. Hmm. And the reality is squarely in the middle, yeah, right? Sure. There's a lot of serendipity in life. There's a lot of luck of births and genetic lotteries. And there's a lot of things that just happen because you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But at the same time, you can, you know, stack the deck in your favor. You can make the right decisions. You can be consistent in how you think and how you behave and the decisions you make to lead towards success. So it's a mixture of both. Life is unfair. And ultimately, you know, we're so lucky and we should all be so grateful for everything that we have going for us. And at the same time, we can also exert our own agency on the world. We can also take, bear some responsibility. We can also take control of our lives to an extent. Yeah, because it's interesting. I mean, we all know people have had everything handed to them, all the funding, all the backing, all the mentors, all the, you know, whatever. And they've still found a way to piss it away, haven't they? <laughs> so it really is kind of that combination. Okay. So, so let's maybe start out by defining what an unfair, maybe some examples of what you would call an unfair advantage that people tend to recognize. Yeah. So I mean, an unfair advantage is something that's unique to you based on your circumstances and also based on your background and who you are as an individual. There's so many books out there that talk about strengths, but what we do is talk about your strengths, but also about yourself as an individual, as a unique person. So we talked about, you know, life is unfair and it's not a level playing field. But sometimes when life is unfair and it's not a level playing field, some people can grow up with a victim mindset and a victim type of thinking, saying, oh, I didn't have right. this, I didn't right. have that. But actually, what we say in the book is actually, how do you turn that around? How do you make that stuff that you felt was unfair growing up in poverty or growing up in an area that wasn't great? How can you turn that around and make it part of your authentic story and use it to an advantage? So an example for me would be, I grew up with little money. And when I start companies now, and I know a lot of listeners are listening here who are, run small businesses, when you don't have a huge amount of money for marketing budgets, for example, I'm the perfect person to come in and work with you because I know how to be resourceful because I had no money. 
right? And so my mindset is always based around being resourceful. That's just an example of something that you could use straight. But again, I, you know, to the flip side of that, I guess we all know people who had everything and should have made it. You know, there we all probably know at least somebody, or at least you've read their story of somebody that sh- never should have. <laughs> you know, like you said, they didn't have the education, they didn't have the backing, they didn't have the money, yeah. they didn't really have seemingly, you know, didn't seem that smart, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've made themselves successful the way we define that. So, you know, what are, you know, I guess to Hassan's original point, it, it's kind of somewhere in the middle, isn't it? It is somewhere in the middle. It's interesting because, you know, like I've got a daughter now who's growing up in privilege and I look at her and I look at my life and think, okay, you know, does she have the yeah. fire in the belly and what can we do to help her have the same mentality of working hard and trying to achieve things in life. And one of the things I found was that, interestingly, is that constraint does kind of foster creativity. And if you just live, give everything to your children, for example, straight away, then they're not going to feel grateful for it straight away and unless they've worked for it. So con- sometimes having constraints does make you more resourceful and more creative. And that's just an example of something. We live in an abundant world now where everything is available quickly. You can order your takeaway quickly. You can order your cab quickly. And, you know, they're growing up in a different environment compared to us where we had to wait for something, but we had to have some patience around something. So it's understanding what constraint is and how to manage that, I suppose. Yeah. I Of course, it's so cliche now, but, you know, I like to tell even 30-year-olds, you know, about a dial-up internet and uh, things of that yeah. nature. Can you, can you imagine that now? You know, it might it would take 10 minutes and we had to take turns. Who could use it? Right? <laughs> Only one person could be on at a time. I mean, pretty crazy. So I think, what, would you classify or would you characterize this book as a business book or a self-help book? Yeah, good question. It really is in the middle because what we've done with our book is we've so the origin of the book let's get into the origin we did this book because we were getting pitched by loads of startups for funding and it was just like shark tank essentially they'd come in and, and pitch us and we thought what is the difference that makes a difference here you know when we confer between ourselves we're like what is it with some people that we're like you know even if we did believe in them they're not going to close out their funding round nobody else is going to believe in them and they're going to really struggle here and what is that difference? And we started thinking about this and really diving into it. And we decided to write this down, this idea of the unfair advantage. It's essentially a sustainable competitive advantage for yeah. a big business. It's kind of the type of thing Warren Buffett talks about in value investing. You want a business that has the economic moats, the defensibility that it's going to sustain. And it's the same thing for individuals because at that early stage of a business, when you don't yet have a product even sometimes, when you don't yet have customers, you don't yet have traction and sales, how are you going to judge it? Well, you're going to judge it by the team, by the co-founders. And when you're judging it by the co-founders, that's when you have to try and decide, okay, what have they got going for themselves? What do they have that's going to allow them to push through? Do they have a track record? Do they have something that gives you the idea that they'll be able to get into this? Do they have the unfair advantages? And essentially, that was the idea behind the book. And that's what made us think about like how we can help people to gain that kind of self-awareness to know what kind of business to go for, to know what kind of strategy to go for. Should you raise funding? Should you bootstrap? Who should you partner with? 
these are the kind of decisions we wanted to help people with at that early stage. So we're just bringing it back to the individual. So that's why it's in between a business book and a self-development because it's about the early stages of a startup. Yeah, workshop. So I think there are some unfair advantages that, that are pretty obvious that people could identify. But if I'm out there listening, you know, what are some of the, what are just some of the places that you go looking? I know you have a framework you call the MILES framework. So we can kind of go, you know, letter by letter for the acronym. But what are some of the places maybe that are less obvious that you've said, hey, you know, these are unfair advantages that people don't even realize they have. So the MILES framework is, it stands for money, intelligence, location and luck, education and expertise and status. And it sits on top right. of mindset. And we talked earlier about why it's important for people to understand the unfair advantage in the context of business, because business is all about people. And most investors invest in small startups and early stage startups because of the people not because of the idea itself, it's the founders themselves. And so yeah. if you can identify your unfair advantages and then amplify those in your pitch, in your message to hiring people to your cust or getting customers, it will help you get your early traction, which is what starts a business. So coming back to the miles framework, it's about understanding within each one of those miles frameworks in the, each one of those the letters, what you have mm -hmm. that's going for you, right? And one of the big ones is insight. For example, when you're starting a company, right. if you have insight into something that nobody else has and you're starting a business around, that's a very powerful, unfair advantage. And there's so many case studies in our book around that, about specific insights around that. Another one is being in the right place at the right time, right? The location yeah. and luck. You know, if, can you find the right co-founder? Yeah. Can you find the right customers who are close to you potentially, who can, who can become customers straight away? Status is another one, you know, your network and who you know. When you're starting a business, if you know how to raise money quickly and you have a network, that's an unfair advantage. And if you need to go out to the market to raise money from ground zero and have nobody, no network, it's much harder to do, much harder to do, right? And we know how that's how investment generally works. So there's lots of little examples in different places for different types of projects or businesses. It depends where you want to apply the framework itself, whether it's a project, whether it's your career, whether it's a business itself. Let me, I want to come back to insight in a minute and have you share some examples to help clarify that one. But let's talk about luck. Some, some people are purely lucky. I mean, they run into luck, <laughs> right place, right time, like you said. I would say a lot of entrepreneurs have come to the realization that they make their own luck. And that's almost something that's earned as opposed to something that's an unfair advantage. How would you respond to that notion? I totally believe in making your own luck as well. So we yeah. talk about luck and we talk about the fact that it's overlooked and luck yeah. exists. Hey, luck does exist. Talent does exist. You know, there are all these books that become trendy to say there's no such thing as talent. Just work super hard and get the 10,000 hours in and that will be, that's enough. These things exist. Tiger Woods was like, could swing a, could swing a golf, could swing a club before he could walk. Like, yeah. like these are the kinds of things that, that is, is like pure talent. Oprah Winfrey was like giving speeches to whole congregations at church when she was three years old. Making So these things exist, but making your luck also definitely yeah. exists. We talk in the book about how you can actually increase your luck. There have been some psychologists who've studied the phenomenon of people who think of themselves as lucky versus people who don't, and how the fact that they think of themselves as lucky just makes them more proactive, makes them more observant to opportunities that come up. And it's been literally proven in studies. So it's quite interesting that you can make your own luck. We say, put yourself out there more, increase yeah. your surface area to luck, and maybe more lucky things will happen. So it's essentially like rolling the dice, just keep rolling it. No one's counting how many you're throwing the dice, how many times you're throwing the dice. If you keep rolling, you're more likely to roll the double six. 
It's my pleasure to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast, our friends at Active Campaign. Active Campaign helps small teams power big businesses with a must-have platform for intelligent marketing automation. We've been using Active Campaign for years here at Duct Tape Marketing to power our subscription forms, email newsletters, and sales funnel drip campaigns. Active Campaign is that rare platform that's affordable, easy to use, and capable of handling even the most complex marketing automation needs. And they make it easy to switch. They provide every new customer with one-on-one -on -one personal training and free migrations from your current marketing automation or email marketing provider. You can try Active Campaign for free for 14 days, and there's no credit card required. Just visit activecampaign.com slash duct tape. That's right. Duct tape marketing podcast listeners who sign up via that link will also receive 15% off an annual plan if purchased by December 31st, 2023. That's activecampaign.com slash duct tape. Now, this offer is limited to new active campaign customers only. So what are you waiting for? Fuel your growth, boost revenue, and save precious time by upgrading to Active Campaign today. Yeah, I actually, I started my blog in 2003 that I talk about being in the right place at the right time. That was luck to spot that technology, but also, it, you know, it led to my first book four years later, but at that point I had also written a thousand blog posts. So, you know, yeah. I always talk about really that was a lucky decision on my part to go that route. But then I, I do think, you know, you have to, you, you can also then turn that luck into something that is very fruitful. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your unfair advantages? Yeah, I'll let you both answer that one. Go on. Because for example, as you mentioned, you didn't go to college. So we're yeah, we so can I'll, probably take okay, you know, the college degree from Oxford off the table, right? Yeah, that is that can be an unfair advantage if you know how to use it. Some people don't know how to use that as well. Exactly. So, you know, we see yeah. people coming to us and like, oh yeah, I went to Oxford and Cambridge or wherever. And then they're not, it's just, I'll say it's normal for them, but actually that could be an unfair advantage if you know how to use it properly. An unfair advantage, you know, there's several different things with strength, they can be double-edged swords, as we call them, right? So having something and not having something, and we talked about constraint earlier on. I'll go through it from my perspective, which is the double-edged sword version of it, and Hassan will go through it from his perspective. So from my perspective, I had no money growing up. So now when I'm building startups, I'm really shrewd and very lean, and I can build things very quickly, and I'm very resourceful. And, and it actually what it does has done to me is made me more creative. So one of my high skills is creativity intelligence and insight. I have lots of insights with businesses because I'm doing things all the time. I'm always taking action. So I'm seeing opportunities and getting insights and different things. And intelligence, there's different types of intelligence. You know, a lot of people said to me, Ash, you're really cool. You're the glue amongst your friends. So I'm good at bringing people together and doing things together, which is cool. And I like to be, I don't like to be the smartest person in the room. You know, I'd rather not be the most intelligent person in the room, but I can learn from other people quickly. So I suppose that's the I side. Location and luck. You know, I was born in Birmingham, which is like the second biggest city in the UK, an automotive retail industry kind of community. And the tech industry was booming in London. So I moved to London at the age of 19. If I didn't move, I wouldn't have had the same opportunities, wouldn't have been able to join companies like Just Eat and do the IPO. And luck, the IPO, you know, how many companies IPO? far and few between it once again and there's a luck factor behind that and the right timing of that and then seeing how that would work out education sure, experience right i didn't go to university so i didn't feel <laughs> entitled you know so that, that's what made yeah, us why yeah, i kind yeah, of did everything yeah. and anything and i built my expertise up in digital marketing so i was and, and the time when everyone wanted to know how to do seo and online marketing i was there and then status you know like you know, who you know and you, your rolodex of contacts you know like i didn't know many people but now i know lots of people so 
if I need to do anything now, for example, I can open my black book of contacts, LinkedIn network connections and make things happen because of my status of having connections that I've built up over time. Yeah. So that's become an unfair advantage. It's interesting. As you said, you know, the degree from a prestigious school used to really mean a lot. It feels like in the, particularly in the entrepreneurial space, it's more about what were you doing for your summer job, yeah, you know, yeah. than what degree you got or your side hustle or yeah. whatever it seems to actually hold more weight than, than, you know, college. And I think a lot of it's because people realize College is great for making connections. What they teach in a lot of, like a marketing course in college will have very little application <laughs> to what it's like to market in the real world. And so that, you know, th that education, the actual learning classroom education is probably not that valuable. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to learn- So, so Hassan, how- then the yeah, fastest way yeah. to learn is reading blogs like yours, John. And if you want to learn about marketing, you can mm -hmm. learn a lot more from reading blogs. And marketing books can get old very quickly, right? What happened, you know, some yeah, time ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. timing-wise, might not work now. So it's keeping fresh and yeah. uh, up-to-date with knowledge. I think that's really important. And we talk about this in a book about this, this three aspects of university, but I'll let Hassan talk about the Miles framework from his side and what his advantages are. Yep. Yeah. So, so for me, look, so it's, it's easier to simplify it to what is your unfair advantage? Well, the reality is we all have a set of unfair advantages and a unique set of them. And that's why Ash goes through so many. Well, you know, for Ash, I would definitely say his creativity is, is just one of the top things about him. And the fact that he just gives things a go, he just goes for it. So for me, I would say that it's my ability to learn really fast. So I think I have that kind of the intelligence where I pick things up fast and then I'm able to communicate them. So one thing that really helped me to get my initial clients and start to develop and get referrals is the ability to build rapport and build trust very quickly. So I think that's partly just from my ability to absorb information and knowledge in the space that's so new and like something I was, one of the main things I was doing was SEO. I was doing branding and website stuff, but SEO and getting people to the top of Google was huge. And so the fact that I was able to explain it to local businesses, build connections with them, build trust, I think that massively helped me. So that was huge for me. And then you can go further back and just say, listen, I was born in Baghdad, Iraq, mm -hmm. and I came to the UK and London when I was three years old with my family to escape the war and all of that. So I, my unfair advantage is we moved to, to the UK when I was a baby and I grew up here in London. If you imagine if I'd come when I was 20 years old and I have the thickest accent and yeah. I'd have so much difficulty in terms of just how I come across the status side of it in terms of building rapport, building trust. So this is so lucky. So you can kind of go into the genetic lottery of it all. You can go into where you grew up, what kind of schools you went to. You can go into your ability to skill skill stack and build your skills and expertise and learn things quickly. So I think that learning side is yeah. kind of the massive piece for me. So, so I suspect as you've both gone out there and maybe given talks on this or web, done webinars on this, that you know ultimately somebody comes to you and says, look, this is great but I don't have any unfair advantages. You know, what do you say to that person that, that feels, especially since mindset really sits on top of this, what do you say to that person that, that has that mindset? So I would say that essentially this idea, and Ash has touched on this idea of double-edged swords, what you think yeah. is a disadvantage, you can right. turn into an advantage. And I'll give you an easy one. So we have a few examples in the book of people who had a kind of a classic disadvantage. So a classic disadvantage is a woman entrepreneur, right? So a woman mm -hmm. founder, the example is Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about it, what was her unfair advantage? Okay, well, it was tough. She had no idea about how to raise funding. Nobody would believe in her. She had no connections in that space. 
etc. But what did she have? She had an amazing insight into a problem based on her status as a woman, which is that this idea of like shapewear and spanks, what turned out to be spanks, she would cut off the feet off tights. A man wouldn't have come up with that. Wouldn't have had that insight. The same with Tristan Walker, who's another example in the book. He's a he grew up in the projects in I think it was the Bronx, maybe, or if I'm remembering correctly, Queens actually, Queens in New York, and really poor. His dad was murdered when he was young, but hey, he was smart. He got scholarships. He got into good schools. He spent a long time thinking about what his big idea is. In the end, his insight was that black men need a different shaving system than other people do because they have more ingrown hairs. And so he developed this single blade shaving system. He used different rappers who also from his location. So the rapper Nas it grew up also in Queens and then he promoted his brand. And then eventually he was acquired by Procter & Gamble for $30 million. So it's like what seems like a disadvantage you can use to your advantage. If you grew up poor, then you have an insight into how poor people live, what needs they have, what mass market products you might be able to create, let's say. Or if you grew up as whatever, like you grew up from another country or you're learning languages or you're, there's all these different aspects to everything. So it's all about your mindset. If you have a growth mindset, and we call we talk about in the book, the growth, the reality growth mindset, because we want to root it in some reality, then you can grow and you can turn what seems like a disadvantage into an advantage. And listen, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're able to read this book, you probably have a lot to be grateful for. So you just need to kind of do a sort of an audit and gratitude is one of the underlying themes of our book. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because as we grow up, a lot of the things that drive our parents or teachers crazy, you know, ultimately come out as an advantage. You know, we were told they were a negative. For example, I, you know, I, my parents used to always joke about how curious I was and always getting into things because I didn't teach her same thing. You know, I was told for a long time that that was a problem that has served me extremely well in my professional life. And I think that's sometimes we just have to overcome, you know, the, what society has told us is a negative, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When people focus on your weaknesses more than your strengths, that's when you start to misunderstand really what your unfair advantage is, because we've all got strengths. And what we the idea of the premise for the book is to double down on your strengths rather than focus too much on your weaknesses and then plug those gaps where you can appropriately and understand that we work in teams and people is about businesses, about people. So it's not just about yeah. you as an individual. So, so Ash, uh, Hassan, where, tell people where they can find more of you, more of the work you're doing, and obviously grab a copy of The Unfair Advantage. Yeah, we're all, all over social media. So I'm at Startup Hassan. Hassan is spelled with one S. And Ash, is it Ash Ali UK, Ash, for yeah, most of your socials? Yeah. You can find us. And our website is theunfair.com. Awesome. And the book is uh, will be available in, I, I don't believe there's an audio version, is there? There, there is. is, yeah. There is. Okay, so an audio, yeah, yeah. and then in e ebook format as well as uh, hardcover and available. Yeah. Depending upon when you're listening to this, available it's everywhere late. that you buy books. Yeah, it's available now because it's at the time of recording. It'll be released tomorrow, so yeah, it'll be available yeah, yeah. by the time it comes out. And I should have mentioned this, but the book has been awarded. I don't have it written here. Tell me the best business book in the UK in 2021 or something. You That's can do right. it better than I just did. Tell me what the award was. <laughs> so so we were surprised and happy to learn that we'd won our category of the startup category of the Business Book Awards. Yeah. And then it was like 12 different categories. And then it turned out we'd won the whole thing as well over all the categories. So we'd won the yeah. Business Book of the Year 2021. It was actually, it's based in the UK, but it's an international award as well. The only country that the book hasn't come out yet 
until now is in the US and Canada, in North America. So yeah, it's done really well. It's really popular on Goodreads. It's on YouTube. It, a lot of viral videos on YouTube talk, summarizing it. So if you want to check it out a bit further, you can see some summaries on YouTube. You can read all the reviews. It's, it's doing, it's, it's thankfully, it's spreading by word of mouth because people are yeah. loving it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for stopping by the, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast and hopefully we'll run into you both somewhere out there on the road. Mm -hmm.